Welcome to the Chapman CG Podcast, inspiring and informative conversations with HR leaders from around the world. Developing effective engagement and employee communication strategies. Technology has enabled us to deliver faster and more customized solutions to clients. It has also given us the freedom to work remotely across various geographies. However, working in virtual teams in different time zones can make it more challenging for employees to feel connected. So with this in mind, how do you keep employees engaged and working towards a unified common goal? I'm here with John Hackett, Director of Human Resources for Asia Pacific at Pitney Bowes to discuss how effective employee communications and employer branding strategies can lead to higher levels of engagement. John, welcome. Great to have you with us today. Thanks very much. Nice to be here. Great. Uh, we'd love you to tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Pitney Bowes. Okay, so um, uh, j- just briefly about myself and perhaps a little bit more about Pitney Bowes. I mean, I've, uh, I've been working in the HR um, profession, I guess, my, my whole career, um, which is more than 25 years now. And um, a lot of that's been spent in talent acquisition um, in Asia Pacific roles uh, for you know tech brands like HP and and SAP, and um, in more recent years I've moved on to the um, HR side of things. Uh, and I guess um, one of the areas that I've always been uh, passionate about is uh, employer branding, uh, employee engagement communications, and um, it's interesting because I. You know, I studied um, marketing and, and HR, and it's actually in this area of engagement and employer branding where, where those two things re- really come together, and I, I like spending um, as many professional hours as I can uh, doing that type of work. Agreed. There's a real convergence there uh, in those two areas. I'll give you a bit about Pitney Bowes, actually, because I, I, yeah. uh, I didn't finish the second half of that question. So okay. Pitney Bowes um, actually is a... Uh, um, a very traditional company. It's nearly a hundred years old and has a history um, on the mailing side of things, particularly with um, um, franking machines uh, or, or meters and um, the type of machinery that, that automates um, uh, postage. Uh, more recently, uh, we've developed um, a very strong capability in in software, and the company's moving uh, from a traditional. Uh, sort of footing, I guess you could say, into a real um, culture and capability that is that is all around the tech industry. So there's a massive transformation um, taking place at the moment. It's called uh, Impact 17. I think it's one of the um, one of the gutsiest um, transformation journeys uh, I've ever seen. And, and actually, part of the the attraction of of this role was um, being in a key position to help carry that strategy. Great. Thanks for that context. So can you tell us how effective employer branding and communication strategies can result in increased employee engagement? Sure. I mean, it's, you know, it's not always um, obvious straight away, Fiona, but um, there is a really strong link between effective employer branding and, and um, uh, engagement and, and the communication strategies that uh, enable that are important, obviously. But, um, you know, it's funny about uh, you know the war for talent and how it makes companies sort of take um, a look at themselves um, so that they can become more competitive. But it's actually the it's the competitive nature of needing to attract and retain 
you know, great talent in the first place, which um, um, makes uh, companies reflect, you know, about their about their culture. Um, on the employer branding side, obviously, you know, the most effective employer branding is where you're telling the truth about your organisation in the be- in the best possible light. Yes. So, in order to in order to have a um, a a good story, um, you know, often companies start off down the employer branding um, sort of road, and they realise actually that their, their story is not that good. So, it it triggers a whole range of things that where where talent acquisition and HR actually start collaborating to to improve the story, so that the, so that the truthful you know story can be put in the marketplace about what the organisation is like. Um, as a place to work, the other, you know, the other good thing about um, employer branding is that it uh, is overt positive messaging uh, that goes into the marketplace, and and this creates um, not only a lot of pride uh, among employees, but um, uh, it's funny that it actually teaches uh, employees a bit about the company that they're working for uh, that they might not have otherwise uh, they might not have otherwise had. I think I would also add that you know when you know when you're doing employer branding, um, you know looking at all your channels uh, to market and the way they work is very much part of a complete employer branding strategy. And one of the one of the most effective things you can do is actually have a great um, employer ref, uh, employee referral program where you're you know mobilising your your talent uh, to refer other great talent. Uh, to the business, and this is a great way of engaging people in um, an activity that helps forward the uh, the organisation along its uh, along the path to execute on its strategy. And you know, when you're communicating about employee referral programs, the best place to start is what journey the company's on from a strategy point of view, and linking the referral activity to that uh, fairly and squarely. And you know, it often motivates employees to get uh, uh, to get really involved. So I think all those things are really positive, um, and you know, they they overlap from a from a communications point of view. Yes, yeah, some really interesting strategies there. And John, how is technology enabling more effective employer branding? Do you think? Well, there's just so many platforms um, that you can use these days that are. Um, uh, that are multiple and actually very, very cost effective. So, you know, you look at social media and, uh, and, and email and mobile platforms and, you know, you can have a, uh, a multimedia, multi-platform approach to um, getting your messages out there, which is a kind of a two-pronged thing to do because when, when you use a lot of media uh, effectively, uh, it's, you, you're actually um, telling something about the organisation that you're up to date you know, you're using the best technology, and you know you're you're a with it sort of organisation. If you know if you're still sort of mired in just using you know traditional um, media, and you, you're perhaps not as savvy or as up to date uh, as uh, as you should be, um, you know conversely that tells a, a less positive story. So being uh, you know being as effective and as uh, contemporary as you can with uh, all the various channels that are out there today, I think is really, really very important. But it's it's just easy to achieve, you know, a, um, a lot of reach. And having run, um, you know, region uh, the, the Asia Pac region, um, you know, had been involved in this in, in that region for ten years, I can 
attest to how effective you know having all those uh, channels working for you um, is. And you can actually be a lot more creative. I mean, you know, your, your messages don't have to be static. They can use all sorts of you know graphics and imagery and video and all that sort of thing as well. So the the, the uh, creativity factor. Uh, you know, can go as far as you want to stretch it, really. Yeah, it's important to be seen and to be at the forefront uh, in the digital uh, digital communication space to attract the best talent. Um, and how do you think technology enables better employee communications as well? Well, this is um, uh, it's similar to actually to, to the branding side of it. Actually, when you're uh, when you know when you're talking about um, uh, you know, using all the various media to communicate internally. But the other thing is that it, it enables, you know, employees to communicate better amongst themselves. So you've got all, all your chat platforms and your blogging uh, and all those various things that, you know, um, create the opportunity to have more of a, a, a community uh, through through communication. And, and the better, you know, the more communication you've got working for you, the better and it's, in, it's interactive and you're able to get feedback about the organisation working for you. Um, you know, almost real time because you you know you're tapping into those uh, those employee communications channels, which is you know not just the empl uh, employer talking to the employees, but the employees you know um, responding to the employer and and, and responding to themselves uh, on a range of different topics that might be um, you know that might be current uh, inside the organisation. So you know that that type of uh, fertile conversation. You know, can only be good for an organisation, especially when um, when the organisation is listening. And how do you coach managers to lead a team across a region as diverse as Asia Pacific? Well, it's a, it's a, it's about having you know a a framework. I think you know trying to um, trying to be as you know systematic uh, as you can, because otherwise you can get led down all sorts of rabbit holes. So you need to be clear about. Um, you know what what the competencies are that that you're that you're looking to to drive and to arrange um, all, all the um, uh, the skills that you know that drive teams. So you know at, at Pitney Bowes, for example, we've got uh, four uh, major competencies. One is putting clients first, uh, building teams to win, um, driving change, and executing for results. So we communicate and and train. Uh, I guess for the behaviours under all of those, uh, all, all of those particular headings, and it's, it's amazing actually all the all the people processes that we ask um, the managers to do uh, all fall under uh, one of those headings as well. So the uh, when you've got the framework and you've got the you've got your language or your nomenclature sorted out, and you're using that common language, uh, pe people tend to understand quicker. Um, I think also. Connecting these competencies back to how they help carry the strategy of the organisation is in very important for, you know, for context for managers as well. So it's not just telling them what to do; it's it, it's connecting them, uh, it's connecting that what, you know, to the strategy of the organisation so that they can understand its purpose, uh, and then uh, giving them the how. So if you know, building teams to win, uh, if that involves. Uh, you know, like doing you know good performance reviews or setting good goals and objectives. You've you've got to teach managers how to do that effectively as well. It's not just about you know assuming uh, that it's got to get done. But once again, it's you know it's this theme of 
you know, creating context, explaining the, the strategy of the organization, um, explaining, uh, you know, the leadership competencies that we're looking for inside that strategy, connecting those to the, to the, um, uh, to the mission of the organization and, and connecting those competencies, you know, to the tasks that we ask managers to perform every day and, and making it a complete story so that people have context, that they're, they're often far more willing to do things uh, effectively when they understand why they're doing it and they're being taught how to do it. And from an HR perspective, how do you create a unified, engaged HR team when each country, you know, for instance, in Asia-Pacific, has different priorities and different business norms? Well, there are differences, that's for sure, but you've got to look for the common themes. And even though, you know, you've got uh, different cultures and different leaders and lines of business doing different things in different countries, that, that I mean, my point of view is that there's more sameness uh, than difference. So the opportunity is to, uh, you know, is to look for the is to look for the common themes and, and make sure that, you know, you weave a strategy across the across the region, um, uh, which addresses the lion's share of of, of all the issues. There's a, there's frankly a lot more commonality around issues on engagement and, you know, building capability and development and all those sorts of things than, that you would expect. Uh, the nuance, of course, comes into uh, how those things are tailored to be to be delivered uh, in in each country. But I mean, we we had a um, we had a strategy session over a couple of days uh, just last week, actually, where you know we uh, got the whole team together and uh, dumped all the issues up on a on a board through a SWOT process, and it was amazing actually how similar uh, the strat the uh, issues were. Uh, from one country to the next, and we were able to agree on a uh, overarching strategy from an HR perspective that everyone was satisfied was going to address, you know, the main uh, uh, the main things that we needed to deal with uh, in the coming year. And then, of course, it comes down to um, uh, judgment and the understanding of markets. In, uh, you know, when you uh, uh, when you when you get down to executing the detail of that. Uh, into the organisation, but I think, you know, um, having the opportunity to actually, you know, get to the point where everybody realises that actually we're not that different um, is is the best place to start, and you can actually get everybody's um, get everybody pointing in the right direction. So that that's the way uh, that's the way I tend to tackle it. Um, looking for looking for the um, similarities rather than the differences and allowing individuals to use their skills to navigate the differences uh, in country. That would foster some real um, team bonding, uh, having those yep. commonalities set out at, at the beginning. Um, and finally, John, you've witnessed this Impact 17, this gutsy transformation that you mentioned. What are some mm. of your tips on how to keep employees engaged during time of significant organisational change? Well, it's... You know, communicate, communicate, communicate. I think is the is the old um, you know standard uh, that applies, and it applies even more when you're changing things and you know mucking everything up because uh, people uh, you know don't don't always understand why these things are happening. So uh, again, it's really down to you know being explicit about what the the strategy of the organisation is, uh, and you know taking the time to drill down and explain to everyone uh, what their role is inside that, uh, inside that change and uh, giving them 
giving them context, explaining carefully, taking the time uh, so that people can make the intellectual journey, I guess, uh, around why all this stuff is going on, and then communicating with them about um, about progress. You know, setting um, setting timelines, sticking to those timelines, reporting on pr- reporting on uh, progress, taking feedback, and course correcting uh, as you go along through the change. Uh, never assuming that you know something that's understood at one level of the organisation is is understood elsewhere, and you know, communicating to the extent where people are starting to get annoyed with you more <laughs> more than anything else. Once you once you actually get people saying, "Can you stop communicating?" It's uh, you know, you know, you've probably just reached the level that you're communicating enough. So that's the um, that that's the key. Well, thank you, John. That about wraps it up. Really appreciate you sharing uh, your insights with us today. No problems. That was John Hackett, Director of Human Resources for Asia-Pacific at Pitney Bowes, sharing his insights on developing effective engagement and employee communication strategies. For more excellent conversations from Chapman CG, subscribe to our podcast series or check us out at chapmancg.com.